Hey, I'm Lauren. And I'm Carrie. And we planted a church. And we didn't know what the heck we were doing. But now we kind of do. I mean, it's uh, survived 10 years. And we're still married, so that's good. So we made this podcast for couples like us who are following God's lead to start a new church. Because church planting is really, really hard. So we're here to walk you through some of the steps along the way, help you think about some of the challenges you might face, and talk about how your marriage can not just survive, but thrive while planting a church. Welcome to the Church Planting Together podcast. Hey, you found us again at Church Planting Together. It's a podcast for people that are church planting together. <laughs> We're right? so good at the intros. <laughs> yep, that's my favorite part. Uh, we are moving along in our church plant, reminiscing, thinking about thinking about what we did well, what we would have liked to do, have done differently. Since we didn't have any idea what we were doing at the time. Nope. And so <laughs> we're um, getting to that place where we're getting closer to launch. So by the time we, uh, we left off last time, we had developed a launch team. So that for us meant we had 10 family units or more who were <laughs> saying they were on board and would plant the church with us. They'd get get us to launch. And we um, took some advice and intentionally did not call it a core team. Instead, we called it a launch team. So a core team has this kind of, could have a weird lasting sort of... Yeah, like forever, forever we're the core. Forever we're the core of this church or something like that. And it feels a lot healthier to say instead of that, no, we have a team of people who are working together for a particular goal. And once that goal is achieved, we celebrate, we break that team up and it no longer exists. And then you're just church people. And now, and now you don't have kind of a us and them. You don't have kind of insider outsider. You don't have this sort of uh, weird dynamic uh, power play or something like that. So, so we, uh, we had, a group of people that we began working toward launch with. So we had, I I was just looking at our newsletters again. It said that we had um, eight weeks that we met as a launch team before we moved out of the church that we were meeting at. We were meeting Saturday nights at a church. Uh, We moved out of that environment and we moved into a uh, performing arts building where they had a little black box theater that we were going to rent out. And we were going to use that. We had that for four weeks, and then we launched um, the the it was April third, two thousand eleven. So we so we've uh, so we had basically twelve weeks to launch at this point, and we organ- started organizing that team into a into a launch team. Do you remember anything about that that time? I remember it being kind of fun mm. because we had already. I mean, we'd been here over a year mm-hmm. already, and it was exciting that finally we're gonna moved to Sunday mornings. And so there was a little bit more energy around that, that we were pretty united in this is our goal. And it was an exciting, it was an exciting time for me, especially to see it coming to fruition. Yeah. So we, so in moving from Saturday nights, we had, we had eight weeks left Till we made that move to the arts building. When we moved to the arts building, be, beginning of March, we moved to Sunday night or Sunday mornings, and we started running those weeks like like we would give us you know a couple test runs yes. before launch at Sunday morning. 
And, um, and I remember there's a little bit, that was a big moment for us moving from Saturday night to Sunday morning, because now the people that had been fellowshipping with us on Saturday nights, some of those were part of the launch team and they were in it no matter what, but there were a few people that were part of the thing. Cause they just liked the Bible study. They liked the fellowship yeah. and they went to a different church, but they went Sunday to a morning. different church and they weren't going to commit to launch team. And so for them, when we moved to Sunday morning, that was their, that was their exit you know, it was like, okay, well now I got to go back to my normal thing or I can't be a part of this anymore because you meet during my normal thing. And that was fine, but it was good to, to kind of get to that place. And, uh, and you know, where, where people had to decide if they're in or out, that kind of thing gave people that push. And, uh, and we started meeting. So we would meet, uh, when, when we were still at the church on Saturday nights, we would meet for dinner and for about an hour before, the church service where we would do some launch team meeting stuff. Is it weird that I have no memory of this whatsoever? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember any of that. Was I with the kids? I like so. I don't remember that part. No. I mean, I'm sure it happened. <laughs> sure I believe you. <laughs> oh man. I was obviously it was very impactful <laughs> in your own spiritual development and everything else. No. Uh, so we, we would, uh, I, we, on a on a wall, they had a wall that you could like put push push pins in, like a like a soft you know whatever that cloth is that you can put push pins in, and and uh, on the <laughs> wall, it was like a rolly on a rolly thing instead of a whiteboard, but you could you know they it's like, like a cork board. Yeah, but it wasn't cork; it's like fabric lined. Oh, you know. Okay. Okay, and, and so we took um, giant note cards. Cause you, I mean, you do all this digitally now, but we weren't quite, we weren't quite there yet. You know, I only had my iPhone three or whatever at the time. So we weren't totally, but we'd have, I put up the date like, okay, here's April 3rd. You guys can't see what I'm doing, but I'm motioning my hand <laughs> on the wall, but you got, here's April 3rd and here's the Sunday before that. And here's the Sunday before that. And here's the Sunday before that. And then all the meetings that we had until then, and we just started talking about what are the things that kind of reverse engineering, what do we want? April 3rd to look like. And okay, if April 3rd looks like we have um, children's for these groups. Okay, so let's put that there. And then we're going to have ushers and greeters. Great. We're going to have signs. Great. We're going to have these three signs. Awesome. We're going to have these postcard mailers and just kind of working backwards then and trying to fill in who's responsible for what and by what time. Yeah. Now I think that would be Brent doing it with a Trello board. Trello. Yeah. He'd probably use <laughs> Trello or something fancy. Yeah. But we just did it that way. And, uh, and that helped us sort of conceptualize, okay, here we are today. We think April 3rd is going to look different than where we're at today. How's it going to be different? Who's going to do what and how, you know, how we're going to get that done. And so we would just have different, different things on the board and different people's names would be on the things and they'd have dates when they'd know something was due. If we were going to do parking or greeting, greeting and ushers, we needed to have a meeting, which meant we needed to have, if we're going to have a book for those people we wanted to give them, then we had to have that ordered by this date. So we could have a training by this date so that we could have them ready for that day. It's just all that kind of stuff. Yeah. What were some of the things I'm remembering that the things that I, <laughs> the things that I remember are we actually for children started using a curriculum Yeah. for the preschool? We use the show me Jesus curriculum yep. because it was inexpensive and you could order pretty much everything you needed. Um, and then for our elementary, we use the Jesus storybook Bible and we also had a 
like a Nintendo 64 or something in there. Oh, a Wii. A Wii. We had a Wii in there if they got done and ran out of time. Like that's where we were at with children. Yeah. And then we had some baby toys. I also remember that we wanted contact cards mm-hmm. for the new families so that we could call each new family of a child and say something about how their child did at church. Yeah. The, we had, we'd had that experience. So in, in the time between when we were serving back in Fresno as the college pastor and the time between then and when, when we launched, we had the opportunity to visit a lot of different churches over the, over that year and a half or however long that period was. And, um, some of the churches we'd go into and we were like, this is how we will never do church. <laughs> like there are things going on here that I will quit if this is what's happening at our church, right? Not going to happen. So there's some things that you get, you know, that are really like, that's awful. And then there were other things that happened and you're like, whoa, I would never have thought to yeah. do that. But I really think that was well done. Yeah. I actually saved the voicemail mm-hmm. because it was, we had gone to a church. I mm-hmm. left the kids and they told me very specific things about like the next day, right? Or yeah, or it was the next day or two days later. Up. And they're like, Hey, we just wanted to thank you for bringing Eli and Asher. Asher had such a great time with his teacher. So-and-so they played this and we loved how Eli did this. We hope to see you back again. And I was like, wow. wow. Yeah. Like they, they, knew, they knew my kids, my name. They remembered mm-hmm things about them. They weren't just another, another kid in there. Yeah. But it makes you as a parent, you know, a big battle when you have a parent, when you have a couple of little kids, big battle is getting your kids there. And if you feel like your kids, if they're coming away and they had a fun experience and they enjoy their time there. And then on the next Sunday, it's less of a battle yes. to get them there. It's like, that's the church we're going to go to. <laughs> you know, if you have two churches that are roughly like, Oh, it's, I don't know. I like them both. But one of them's like the kids are all in on one. That's the one you go to every yeah. time. So we were trying to, uh, we really liked what that church did uh, with that particular follow-up, and we wanted to go above and beyond as, as much as we could, knowing that there's going to be a lot of families that come with with kids uh, where we live. Youngest median age in the country, highest birth rate in the country. Uh, kids is, I mean, I remember days when we were growing just a little bit. We never grew like exponentially, but we were constantly were growing a little bit. And I remember days where you'd see a new family coming up and they have, you know, five kids, six kids coming with them. And we're like, oh man, this is rough. Like, I don't know what the kids ministry is going to do today. They're going to be maxed out. It's oh, we rough. loved it though. Oh, it was exciting for us. But there were some Sundays we'd have more kids than adults, you know, in our kids Every ministry. Sunday. <laughs> so it was rough uh, with, with that early on, yeah. but we try to do a good job as much as well as we could to, uh, make it, um, we always want point kids to Jesus and we want them to have a good time, uh, and let them, let them enjoy their experience and yeah. feel like it's a safe place for them to have their own faith and questions and things. And I will say if you're just starting out and you don't have money for a children's curriculum, reach out to other churches, because I think we've given, mm-hmm. we've given our stuff when we moved on to a new curriculum. We and people just, gave us stuff. Yeah. We, we had stuff handed down to us and mm-hmm. we handed stuff down. So there are ways to do things still with excellence, but maybe you have like the season before, but most of the kids, they're not going to, yeah they're not going to know the difference. And even if they do repetition is good. Yeah. So um, yeah, just reach out. Don't make that a, a reason not to 
do something for children's. Yeah. It made it a lot easier on us to have a, a well done curriculum mm-hmm. that made it easy on our teachers to be able to love on kids and share the gospel with them. Yeah. Yeah. So we launched right before Easter this year, that particular year, Easter was a bit late. So we had our launch on April 3rd. And then I think there was uh, a Sunday in the middle. And then I think Easter hit. Yes. So it was like we had, and so we did mailers both for Easter and for launch. So people got two things in the mail from us pretty early on. And over the, over the 18 months or so we'd had five people that had got to the place where they were ready to be baptized. And so on Easter, we had a, a baptism service, which yeah, was Yeah, we had to exciting. convert the majority of our launch team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not yeah. like there were lots of Christians around we could pull from other churches. So it's a little bit different. Well, here. and and whatever role we played in that, like there are people who had been a part of that oh, journey sure. before, and we were able to help them in that final zone yeah, we and got we do the, the final step and we do the sure. same thing for a lot of people, you know, we'll help them. And, you know, you just hope it's just one waters, one other harvest, but, but we did have some harvesting early on that was helpful for our launch yes. team that made things work out. So <laughs> yeah, definitely. So launch, um, that, that moved us. So we started meeting with those things once a month. I mean, once a week and, uh, talking a lot about what our church would look like. And that's when the vision gets a little bit more crystallized because in what you're, what you're wanting to see the church look like. So we had to talk a lot at that point about strategy, like what would this church look like, um, you know, five years from now, what are we anticipating it looking like and, and all those sorts of things. And again, uh, having not done it before, there were probably some missteps in that along the way mm-hmm. that, that probably was not as, uh, uh, it was not as, I didn't have the, the strategy mapped out enough to where it was obvious the things that we would say yes and no to as things came up. And so I feel like that did probably uh, uh, throw a few unnecessary hurdles for us along the way, but, but God's good and he uses all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, he used it all. He used all that stuff. So misstep or not, it was, you know, here and there, it was, it worked out. Things have, things have gone okay. So we had... Um, this group forming, I was eager because the Bible talks about churches and elders. I was eager to try to put elders in place. And I remember a conversation with uh, a church planning coach that I had uh, in our district, and he he advised against elders, and um, he said, you need, as a church plant, you need more time to see people in action, see them and and be able to see if they have the qualifications for elders. And you just need more time to sit with them and, and see that develop. And I'm so glad, yes, so glad that he said that. Um, there, there was a lot of people that, that early on I probably would have pegged and put in there. And as things have moved forward and now we do have an elder board, um, I haven't had those people serving in that capacity. And so it's just, a, I'm just grateful that things uh, worked the way they did. I did, however, was able to put together a great advisory board, I called it. Yeah. And that was huge because you still want the accountability. Yeah. You don't want to be the only one that is making every decision without the input of others. Um, You need someone to check. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So in the beginning era, um, our worship 
the guy who the family that moved out with us, Blake, he and I would meet and try to discuss, you know, a lot of the strategy and a lot of the, a lot of the decisions that we had to make. Um, but then, uh, I would have this, uh, advisory board or advisory team and, and we would be together. And, um, and that one was, had, it had an expiration date on it too, or a, a very clear, this, this group, you know, people, uh, we may ask other people to come in and out of the group, but, uh, but the gist was this group would meet until we have a formal uh, elder board. And so this advisory team, I would walk them through each month uh, wh- what we were up to, what we're doing, how things are going, the decisions that need to get made. And they'd kind of have accountability over uh, me and the ministry and uh, all that kind of stuff. So so they would offer insight or, or ask questions and make sure things were uh, moving the right directions. And and that group continued to do that for several years until we got to the place where we had an elder board that we had come on. And so uh, when that team ended, we we all went out to, to dinner on a Saturday night. And on Sunday, um, we ordained the elders in our church, kind of did that whole thing, prayed for them. And that was the end of that team. And all of these things, it's it's sad. It's bittersweet because I remember that dinner and I remember feeling a little sense of loss. Like mm-hmm. it's a new phase. These are people who have been with us, supporting us through this whole thing. And they are people that I look up to. Yeah. Like, it's not that there was anything wrong no, with, no, 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 no. with any of these people, but they just didn't wind up being on the elder board at that mm-hmm. point. Um, but they were the people that brought us through. And for a while at our church, I was the oldest person. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so a couple of those people were the people who came in and yeah. and stuck around with the kids. Mm-hmm. And it takes a bunch of those people to stick around before people feel comfortable staying because yeah. the church is all ages. The church isn't just young families or just college students mm-hmm. or just older people. Mm-hmm. The church is all ages. And for me, those were the ones that kind of took a chance on us so that we could grow and made other people feel comfortable. And and those were the people that I looked up to. Um, so it was it was good, but it was bittersweet for me every time. And I think that's what church planting is. Yep. Like there's a lot of it your heart gets broken over and over and over, but then there are things to celebrate too. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to find the things to celebrate, but I'm an emotionful person. <laughs> <laughs> and and that advisory um, team also were who I used to help me identify the, the, the group That's of true. elders that we would bring on. So it wasn't like I just said no to all of them or something, but that in, you know, in cooperation with them, as we, as we studied with them and uh, we studied the qualifications for elders and, and, uh, and what they would, what eldership at the bridge would look like, you know, we did all that. And I had each one of them uh, pray about it for a month and write down um, as the Lord would lead up to three people on their list that they would recommend to become elders. And when that process was done, um, we took a look at all those uh, nominations and we found that there were several names that were just unanimous amongst the whole the, the whole group. And so... Uh, that made it very easy. So we looked at those, some of those that were just, you know, completely unanimous and said, well, these are, these seem to be the, the obvious choices. So let's, uh, let's get those. But that was, I mean, that really was probably, and we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves because that, that team was, by the time we got elders, it was probably four years in. Yeah. It was a long time. It was, yeah, it was, it was a lot longer. 
down the road. But but we were just in, in thinking of the uh, we did have it, that advisory team that was functioning early on. Uh, gave me, giving me some accountability, but that was just how we, how we exited it uh, at yeah. some point. And you have to remember that the people that are on your launch team probably won't be around <laughs> forever. Yeah, forever. Yeah. And I think God uses a certain type of personality that is great in that phase. And it's such a small knit group and the church really changes mm-hmm. after that to where it's understandable that People will move on, but it's also heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah. And you also think that won't be us. These are our people. And they do. They they just move on and it's okay. But again, heartbreaking. <laughs> Thinking of uh, people that come in and out of ministry, one thing that's worth mentioning, and I think uh, you know, anyone who's planted a church has had this experience probably, but sometimes you get people that come into the church and they're coming into the the this church plant because they've had bad experiences somewhere else. Uh, they're, they're hurt somewhere else, or they have a sense of uh, they have a ministry they want to pursue. And they feel like this is a, a good outlet for them to pursue it in. And they're not finding that uh, to find, being able to find that somewhere else. And so, and, uh, and just people that just don't feel like they fit somewhere else. And so sometimes the people uh, some of the folks that come on into the church plant world and into your church plant early on uh, are going to pose some different kinds of challenges. Yes. Some of them are challenging personalities. Some of them have a, a different mission or vision of what they expect or want to see out of a church. And they're hoping to kind of um, hijack the momentum that you have and, and turn it toward what they want to achieve. And so there's different kinds of things that that will come up. And this is why especially as we went down the road, uh, the, the more clear our vision, mission, and strategy, all of that was, the easier it became to stay on track and not let things have vision drift yeah. and, uh, and see things hijacked that way. And it's hard because in the early days, you want all the people you can get. Like, we need help. We can't do this on our own. Right. And so it's you want everyone to stay, but there are people that probably it would be better if they didn't. And Mm -hmm. so even though Lauren wasn't super clear always on strategy and everything, I think there were some times where you were very clear on here's my vision and you didn't necessarily have to out counsel them, but they out counseled themselves when they thought, Oh, well that's not what I want. Yeah. I remember a couple of conversations pretty clearly where, where we came to an impasse of, this is what I want from the church and me saying, well, this is who we are as a church. And then um, not seeing that person again. <laughs> you know? So there's a few, there's definitely a few times like that. One thing that we ended up doing a little bit later. So a couple years in after launch, we had uh, a family uh, that wanted to come move up with us early on, but couldn't at the time, but had made the uh, opt or they'd been able to come now and, and run with our uh, children's ministry. And they're still with us today on staff. But um, he brought with him a idea for something called pre-service. Which was the greatest idea in the history of church planting ideas. Yeah. So, so <laughs> we didn't do it early on cause we, he, we didn't know about it yet. And it wasn't something in our, in our, <laughs> in our world or, or uh, noodle. But later when we, we're still having one service 
uh, after, you know, this is a couple of years after launch and everything we were, we had one service and, um, and he brought this idea of the pre-service and it really did re-energize, I think some of, um, what we were doing with our volunteers for yeah. children's ministry. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, since I served in children's ministry every Sunday, I had not gone to church in, I, I think it was about a year and a half. Well, it was right as we moved to the new, the next building after the art center. So what we would do is all of the volunteers would go, I think it was about a half an hour. Mm -hmm. We go a half hour early. Um, the worship leader would do one or two songs. So, and then Lauren would give kind of the cliffs notes of the sermon. And so all the people who are serving are in there together, worshiping together. And we get at least the key points of the sermon and the announcements I mean, I didn't even, people would ask me what was going on. Like, I don't hear the announcements. I'm in with the kids. If you don't have a preschooler, I have never met you. Yeah. That's kind of how it was for me in the beginning. So having the pre-service really made me feel connected to the church again. And it didn't take up a lot of time. I don't think it was super hard for you, was it? In fact, yeah. it helped you. Yeah, sometimes you had to me. know exactly your points of what you're getting to because you need to tell us the yeah. the shortened version. And I think it actually helped the transition to two services mm -hmm. a little bit. Yeah. And we would do communion that way too. So if we had a communion oh, Sunday, yeah. we would uh, allow the volunteers to, um, to have communion with us. So that was good. So that was a, uh, that was a useful time just to be able to let volunteers know we, we want you to still be part of the community <laughs> life and know what's going on and be able to, um, learn something, grow, you know, from the word each, each, each weekend as well. So, uh, I do think that you grow the most when you're helping other people grow. And so I think that, sure. that that's, that's a, a good, uh, a good point. But sometimes when you're, when those people that you're trying to help grow are like two or three years old, um, <laughs> it, it can, it can get, a very slow growth process, yes. perhaps. I don't know. So, so there's something something about uh, that we were able to show our volunteers that we wanted to support them and help them continue to grow as well. I mean, we had tried before this. I remember giving um, CDs uh, or or back MPs. in the day, yeah, like like a burned CD of the message or something like that. And you know, some people would listen, some wouldn't. But yeah, I mean, now it's all online. Yeah, you can do them all online now. But we were trying different ways to try to you know, try to give people yeah. the ability to stay on. But even with having everything online now, I still think mm -hmm. I would want a pre-service because yeah, that's we... a time you get to worship with other adults. And I am someone who will listen to the message throughout the week, but everyone is not. Yeah. Everyone has probably, different ways that they. <laughs> probably a both and, you know, it's not something that you have to, it's either this or that, but yeah, something you can do both, uh, do both of and probably do pretty well. What's another thing? Do you think of anything else that we wish we would have done differently in that early in that early phase that we we talked about the pre-service, talked about wanting to maybe protect vision a little bit more? Yeah, and remember, apparently, I don't have a lot of memories from this phase, so mm. I don't know if I've blocked them out because it was hard. <laughs> it's possible. Yeah, I don't really know. I mean, I feel like I remember it being exciting, but I don't actually. I don't have a lot of memories until the pre-service. Mm -hmm. I think because I was trapped in children's for a very long time. Yeah. Well, I, one thing I do remember about this phase was this is an area where church planters get 
challenged a lot if you're like me, because I don't have a marketing background. I don't know anything about sound equipment. I don't know anything about any kinds of equipment. I mean, I know the general amount that general people know about general stuff. But if you start asking me about soundboards and, you know, passive and active speakers and, and uh, you know, what kind of cables we need and, and all kinds of stuff, all of a sudden we were like in a place where we had to figure out as we're moving from a church that we were using all their equipment and we're moving into a new environment where there's zero equipment, what do we need to, to make for it to happen? I'll tell you what not to do. Mm. Don't make a giant box oh to gosh. put the We were so proud of this box. Projector screen on. Don't make it in your garage we, and so expect it to fit through a we door. We were so proud of this thing. <laughs> we had to we we had a we had a screen that was on a stand that we could project onto, but we wanted the screen to like it's sitting on the floor. It was probably six feet up. Yeah. It was a ginormous room. Yeah. The room was big. And so we were like, well, we can't have the screen. If it's only six feet up, you know, people won't be able to see it very well. We need, uh, maybe it was, I mean, I was probably shorter than that. Actually, it's probably four feet up or something. Anyway. So we built this box that we, uh, had on wheels (laughs) and, and it could store on the stuff inside of it, right? It would split in two. Somehow, no, that was oh, not, no, no, that's no, it, what that's happened. What, after. That's what it ended up as. You're right. It, it, but we covered it with carpet and it looked really clean. It looked, it looked nice, but did have wheels on it. And we built it in my garage and then we showed up and we tried to wheel it in and the doors weren't big enough for it to roll through. And so um, we had to take it home and cut it in half. Yeah, we sliced it in half and put it back together. Yeah. So then, on then we had these little latches on it that you. But well, but we did end up being able to use the inside to store stuff in after that. So we would open it up, put things in it, close it, latch it, and then wheel it in and out. And that's how we would get things in and out. <laughs> but yeah, we had to shave off. It was only like two inches, or you know, it really was not all that much. But but we did that. So we had to find the right you know sound equipment and and do a little bit of time working through yeah. the Make sure you board. measure the door before measure you build the door, things. build the stuff. You know, we want people to be able to see things. We had to figure out what kind of presentation software we were, we were going to use. I think we used ProPresenter at first. Children's check-in. Children's check-in was a big one. We found a, a way we use PCO. Now we did not use that early on. We used something called roll call, uh-huh. but, uh, but um, children's check-in was a big one. So a lot of those little, little nuts and bolts we had to sort out in that time. That was a kind of a fast and furious sort of, kind of time. Oh yeah, it was. Fast and furious. Okay. So that was our show for today. Yep. If you liked it, tell a friend and do all the subscribe stuff so you can find the next one we do. Thanks for listening to the Church Planting Together podcast. See ya.